The treatment of migrant and refugee families south of the border has received strong criticism in recent days. Parents and their children trying to cross the U.S.-Mexico border illegally were split up and detained in separate facilities. The practice has been called cruel and inhumane. Following public backlash, U.S. President Donald Trump signed an executive order that steps back the policy. But the future of how immigrants will be treated when crossing the border, and for those already in the country, remains unclear. And this uncertainty could trigger a flood of immigrants here into Canada. I'm Nikki Reitmeyer, and this is Why, a news podcast that goes beyond the headlines to try to make sense of what's really going on. Immigration is the fault and all of the problems that we're having. Hundreds of migrant children are being separated from their parents and held in makeshift detention camps. They are locked in metal cages inside an old warehouse. Pope Francis called the separation of children from their parents contrary to our Catholic values and immoral. But the president will not be moved, saying their parents could be murderers or thieves. Amnesty International calls this torture. The United Nations likens it to child abuse. The United States will not be a refugee holding facility won't be right on time (laughs) hi richard it's nikki well done hi (laughs) how are you (laughs) very good very good thanks hey thanks for chatting with me i appreciate it oh it's a pleasure this one oh my goodness it doesn't stop richard curland is an immigration policy analyst and a canadian immigration lawyer as if someone punched motherhood right in the face. (laughs) It's just incredible. Yeah, so in comparison to what's been happening over the past few months in the States, when undocumented people arrive at the Canadian border, do we ever separate children from their parents? No, ever. Well, if the parent exhibits uh, serious mental health issues, or the parent is uh, threatening harm to their own child for some unknown reason, yeah, the child will be protected. We will move heaven and earth to protect children, to safeguard the vulnerable minors, and to ensure that our own uh, laws, the integrity of our immigration programs are respected. Doesn't mean they get a free pass at all. Doesn't mean they are allowed out of detention, but once they've been identified as individuals that merit detention, you don't separate kids from mothers or or fathers. From May the 5th to June the 9th, 2,342 children have been taken from their parents at the Mexican-American border and put in makeshift detention camps. The former head of U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, or ICE, warns many of those children will never see their parents again, becoming lost in an overwhelmed system kept in the U.S. long after their parents are deported. It could be years or even longer before those kids and their parents are reunited. Are separations ever permanent? Absolutely. Absolutely. Over half, statistically, of these claimants are going to be determined refugees. And so the damage you inflict on that initial entry is going to cost you big time in social services and medical costs, in economic 
capability of the person concerned in the long run. Uh, so uh, the way I describe it to uh, my non-law buddies is it's, it's akin to childbirth. Those two minutes during childbirth with an experienced uh, physician can you know, seriously impact on that child's health for the rest of that uh, person's lifetime. Same way on entry to Canada or the United States in, in a vulnerable refugee or claimant situation, those initial days uh, can be absolutely traumatic that will permanently scar the individual psychologically and seriously hamper the potential for economic contribution to the society. On the other hand, if you don't hit them with a hammer, they can work and play and integrate into society successfully. Can you walk me through the process in really simple steps? What does happen when an undocumented family arrives mm. at the Canadian border? Um, well, let's say it's at the Canadian border and it's at a port of entry. At a port of entry, there's a formal process. The Safe Third Country Agreement may kick in and the person may find themselves turned around and, and sent back to the United States. So we're talking about entry at the Canadian border, but not at a port of entry. You become an inland claimant. At that point, the main thing is identity. You have to identify the person because you have to know for security and background verification reasons whether there's a, a potential threat. Thankfully, no, there's no potential threat. And that's because Canada engages many levels of security, including biometric technology and information sharing with many nations. What is biometrics? Uh, a computer image of your face is broken down into uh, a kajillion fragments, and those fragments are compared uh, against a database of other faces. So the computer will identify your face and match it up with a face on record. The easy way is that uh, they, there are databases of um, driver's permits, health permits, uh, passport photos, and other uh, citizenry documentation that needs um, a photo. Uh, so the technology has advanced so far uh, that the Chinese illustrated it for me when I was uh, there. They, they turned around their customs and immigration screen so I could see it. As I walked up to the counter, the camera snapshots my face, freezes it on the left-hand side. On the right-hand side, spinning photo albums of face after face after face uh, uh, passes until my photo freezes on screen as a match. It's frightening. In a few steps, they could pull my image out of a billion other images. We use it all the time. Canada is on the cutting edge of that technology. It's really a high-end, high-level security to the point where Canada actually uh, has made plans to dispense with passports relying on biometric identification for our future travelers. And that's going to be in less than 10 years' time. So for people who claim that individuals showing up to the border are generally not the parents of the children that they're with, in fact, these people are human traffickers, we have the technology available to make that determination pretty quickly. Absolutely. It's, it's real easy. As well, if it's a serious case, uh, it's called DNA testing. So the technology, high-end, low-end, is available. And uh, the, the thought that um, 
uh, you're using a Trojan baby to gain access to a country doesn't stand scrutiny against modern technology of identification. In addition, bad people don't use the refugee determination system as a trampoline to do bad things. It's just there's so many better alternatives if you have evil intent. So once they come in and they do their fingerprinting and biometrics and you know who they are, the decision is detain or not detain. Most people don't need to be detained uh, because they will not present a flight risk. They are trying to access the refugee determination system and they're released and they're given a date for reappearance. They're scheduled with um, uh, meetings uh, with provincial and federal social services agencies and immigration agencies. The ones that would be detained, likely uh, their fingerprints reveal criminal activity elsewhere. Those individuals face uh, detention. And after that, uh, they're given a hearing date at the refugee tribunal, and we determine whether they're a refugee or not. If they're not, uh, it's airport frog march time. Removal orders are issued and uh, arrangements are made for transport to anywhere but Canada, so they have to go back to the United States or their home country. As long as Trump is in power, the U.S. will never be a safe country for asylum seekers. Will the Prime Minister show the moral leadership by suspending the Safe Third Country Agreement? As I've said many times, the Safe Third Country Agreement is over 10 years old, and we will continually look for ways to modernize it and be in conversation with the Americans on this. And we will continue as well to closely monitor developments in the United States. What I was doing in the last uh, day is assisting the Canadian Bar Association in coming to a formal request based on international law to suspend the Safe Third Country Agreement for children's cases. Hold on a second. What is the Safe Third Country Agreement? Okay, this is something, the deal is real, real, real simple. If you're in the United States, make a refugee claim there, not in Canada. If you're in Canada, make the refugee claim in Canada, not the United States, because there's no forum shopping. You can't shop around for a good refugee hearing. So that's a safe third country. The deal is, if the Canadian refugee determination system is safe, then don't come to the United States to make your claim. Make it in Canada. And by the same token, if the refugee determination system in the United States is safe, you can't make your claim in Canada. Now, there were some exceptions to that because of variances in foreign policy. And so what they did is to say, all right, we're going to create a little loophole, a rather big loophole. If you cross the border into Canada and don't make your refugee claim at the port of entry, the safe third country agreement does not apply to you. You can make your claim here, even though you were living in the United States, for example, 15, 20 years. So prior to the uh, Trump baby fiasco, the Canadian government was looking to close that loophole, and I don't think they can now. And that's because people who are coming into the U.S. from Mexico are saying, we don't feel safe in this country. We want to keep going to Canada. And exactly. 
Exactly. And uh, they're not wrong. It's quite clear that when you're violating international law concerning the protection of children, you have a reasonable ground of suspicion. You're, you're not going to be dealt with fair and square by the American system. So from a legal perspective, is it safe to say that what the U.S. has been doing up until days ago, separating children from parents, is in fact a violation of international law? Yeah. I, I don't think there's any serious doubt regarding uh, the United States' intention in practice and, and uh, in policy to violate customary norms of protection of children internationally. And worse, the, the recent changes have show a reasonable clay, case of an intent to cause harm. Why is the president separating children from parent from the public statements, it appears that he's saying, if you don't like it, then sign off on our proposed legislation. Well, if he knows people aren't going to like it, he knows the consequence of that policy. If he knows the consequence of the policy, he's inflicting grave psychological long-term damage on children to further his political means. And uh, frankly, you don't use babies to force passage of legislation. That's not the way to go in a, in a Western-style democracy. It's, it's uh, frankly unbelievable. So do you think that as long as the U.S. government continues to take a zero-tolerance approach to immigration, as they've said that they will, even though the policy on family separation has changed, that we'll see more refugees and immigrants coming well, into Canada? That's, a, that's precisely the point. So I sent out um, my electronic feelers across the board this morning asking for trend reports on whether there are increases of child-related refugee claimants entering Canada, seeking to enter Canada. I'm sure uh, Ottawa is watching this by the day, if not by the hour. Will we see uh, people streaming to the northern border of the United States to protect their children from President Trump's policies? Uh, there may be additional fuel added to that. There may be the logical thought process to the effect that if this is what he's doing to children on people who are entering, what's this prevent him from separating children from parents who are already inland? That's our punishment for violating American law. It runs completely contrary to written Canadian national policy that seeks to protect the vulnerable minors, and that's across the board, Canada Border Services Agencies, all our immigration people, and law enforcement. We do not ever do what President Trump has been doing this, these last few days and months. And, and so uh, uh, let's see what will happen. I'm watching this almost hourly as the drama unfolds. Richard, thanks for chatting with me. A pleasure. It's an honor and a pleasure. Anytime. What you're hearing is an unconfirmed recording allegedly depicting migrant children in a border detention center crying for their parents. It went viral online this past week. What does the future hold for these children? 
Jackson Prosco is the Washington bureau chief with Global News. Well, the fact is we just don't know, and I think that's what has people so alarmed here. You're right, 2,300, or if not a few more than that, children uh, have been sent all across America to facilities. They are separated from their parents. In many cases, their parents have, in fact, already been deported back to Central America and have no easy way of accessing the U.S court system to reunite with their children. Uh, It seems like it's a confusing and complex situation, which is why there was so much outcry and why there was such a push for the president to end this policy in the first place. How you get those families and children back together seems like it's going to be very difficult. And in fact, uh, earlier this week, I had spoken to the former head of U.S. Customs and Immigration Enforcement, uh, the ICE Division, uh, and he said that uh, it's almost impossible to reunite parents and children under these circumstances because they move into two different streams under two different agencies, uh, and uh, you know there are there are so many barriers to reunification. The dilemma is that if you're weak, if you're weak which some people would like you to be, if you're really, really pathetically weak, the country's going to be overrun with millions of people. And if you're strong, then you don't have any heart. That's a tough dilemma. Perhaps I'd rather be strong. Uh, In many ways, it almost seems like the president kind of got exactly what he wanted. He sort of recast himself as this compassionate but tough guy who is now keeping children together, but at the same time saying entire families will be locked up under this zero-tolerance policy. And what we're looking at now is sort of a system of indefinite internment. And if it doesn't work out that way, well, Trump can turn around and say, hey, you know, the courts aren't on my side. They're stacked against me. Where this all goes, there's, there are so many questions right now. As the fallout from Trump's radical immigration policy continues, with uncertainty surrounding what future policies could be, Canada will likely feel the impact of more migrants and refugees seeking refuge north of the 49th parallel. Plus, our own immigration policies, like the Safe Third Country Agreement, will likely be altered to accommodate the turmoil brewing south of the border. This is Why is produced by John O'Dowd and me, Nikki Reitmeyer. You can find us on Twitter at This Is Why or contact us via email. This is why at globalnews.ca. Please take a minute to subscribe to the This Is Why podcast. Now you can find us on Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Give us a rating and a review and tell your friends about us as well. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next Friday.